The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Talk about who's going to do the intro. So I'll I do know. the intro. Here we go. <laughs> I was saying, do you want me to do? I literally was just about to say, do you want me to do the intro? You know what? I think that's the intro. Let's just leave it like that. It was cute. So why work from home when your office could be anywhere? 2021 has been the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. That's the one that I have. <laughs> All covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better than an RV from MidAmerica RV. Experience travel like you never had before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. Happy Friday. Uh, welcome to Two Guys, A Girl, on a Podcast. It is hot as Hades in southwest Missouri right now, so use your Manscaped deodorant. Can confirm, having been in the heat with the ladies, it works on you too. So it's just a nice little lotion. <laughs> you put it in your nether regions, no sweat. It's a nice little manly scent mm. too. It's that um, it's that sawdust scent. Yeah, it's, nice. it's something. Sawdust? Oh yeah, that's your guys' favorite smell. I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, I've been using that stuff on the reg. I, if I know I'm going to be outside for more than an hour at a time. It's been a game changer this summer. I don't know why I haven't been doing it this whole time. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you and I going to another music festival this weekend in Fort Smith, Arkansas. If anybody's going to be there, come say hi. Uh, please wear deodorant all over your entire body. Please be... wear deodorant. Or, or the Manscaped deodorant right. all over your Just body. Just lather up. Paige, it is, the heat index yesterday when I left work was 109 degrees. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's really hot in Missouri. Hopefully everybody is uh, hydrating, staying safe. Uh, definitely... Follow Melo and I on Instagram for the weekend. It'll be a good time. And Paige, you have big weekend plans as well. Let's just get personal today. Yeah, I'm going to Portland, Oregon. Um, I'm going on a girls' trip. Um, but normally we go other places. But we're going to visit our friend who just had a baby. Um, So we are going to visit her in Portland and meet her her daughter for the first time. So yeah, I will be um, wine tasting and in a lot of breweries this weekend. So have you been to Portland before? Yes, I've been multiple times. I have family that lives there, too. I was very disappointed. I was excited to go. Mm-hmm. And then when I got there, I was like, hmm, didn't love it. I, I That's weird because you like San Francisco. Yes. Yeah, I know. So. That's very strange because I think that, like, Portland is, like, more fun than San Francisco. But maybe it's just because, like, I'm from here. So, like, it maybe it's different. But definitely things have changed the last couple of years just with, like, everything right. on the being on the West Coast. Um, and I'm not shitting on cities. Like, I live in Missouri, and St. Louis is arguably the worst city in America. So, Portland, I'm not <laughs> throwing shade at you. I would love to go back. I was only there for a day. 
I'll definitely go back and, and try to redo this thing, and, and they can change my mind. But let's talk about some football because yeah, we have let's. a lot to get to today, our AFC West preview. But first, we have some news. Aaron Rodgers, maybe we can finally stop talking about this guy. He has reported to training camp. He is playing for the Green Bay Packers this year. You guys know that like I have towed the line of loving and hating Aaron Rodgers for the last year. I will applaud his honesty in that press conference on Thursday mm-hmm. or excuse me Wednesday morning. Rarely do we see that. Usually you get the platitudes and the, you know, I'm just here so I don't get fined talk. Nope. He was like just being honest and I really really respect that from him. Yeah. Yeah. I like it too. I I don't really like or care for the player or how he handled the whole off season. Uh, I did like some of the questions of like what did you get out of this whole thing? I mean, he reported on time. He caused all these problems, all this drama. And all you got out of it was Randall Cobb. And you get to leave after this year, which he was going to get to do anyway. So, I don't know. I'm not the biggest Aaron Rodgers supporter right now. I agree with you guys, though, on that press conference. I was incredibly impressed because it was like – and he came prepared. I mean, he when he talked about, like, how former players had exited, like, he had a list of names – He was fully prepared. He had said he talked to them, which I actually really liked. Somebody asked him in the press conference, like, oh, um, why would you have to, like, go and talk to other players about it? And he's like, I just wanted to understand. Like, that's totally fair. I'd actually rather him do that than make up his own decision or preconceived notions of what was happening. And he literally laid it all out. So I was super impressed. I also loved that he was like, I'm not a victim. Because I think, Matt, you've said on this show before, like, we need to cut the narrative of like, oh, poor Aaron Rodgers, yes, like the pet, yes. you know what I mean? And he's like, I'm not a victim. That wasn't it, you guys. Like, I'm not trying to say I'm in the worst situation in the world, but I just wanted to be a part of the conversation, which to be honest and how he posed it to the media was like, and that's fair. Like you guys would too. And like, he's right. Yeah. Like you, we would want to be involved in conversations for getting better. So I'm happy he's there. Um, you know, I know people asked um, if he's going to be a distraction and I, I, Obviously, because this is going to be like their last dance and they're doing that. And I think uh, the Randall Cobb thing's obviously like a gift to him to like have this friend with him on this ride. So um, it should be interesting. But I I think people should be uh, nervous about the Green Bay Packers. What, are they going to lose the NFC Championship game again? Are you nervous about that? (laughs) Never won a Super Bowl in 10 years. That's my other side of it is y'all are acting like this is some super team. Never won a Super Bowl in 10 years with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. So. I hope they, like, hate win one this year, like, whatever. But I do think they're overrated. Like, everybody thinks that this is some juggernaut. Like, you, Tom Brady threw four picks in the NFC Championship game, and you couldn't beat him. So, like, maybe we calm down on how good this team actually is. And I hope that me saying this will motivate them in some weird way to play better. I just don't. I look at Green Bay, and I'm like, okay, last dance. The Bulls have won five championships before that. Yeah. You don't get to steal that and be like, oh, it's our last dance. You haven't won a title Back in to the 10 NFC years, Championship game. right? Back to <laughs> winning the NFC North. It's the worst division of football other than the AFC South. Congratulations. Hang a banner. Good job. You beat the Lions and the Bears. We're very proud of you. Like, that part does bother me. I'm like, okay, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers last year in Green Bay. Maybe. I don't even know if that will be the case. It might be Devonta Adams last year. That's the world that we live in in professional sports now. Tom Brady is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Jerry Rice was an Oakland Raider, a Denver Bronco, and a Seattle Seahawk. Like it, that happens. Joe Montana was a Chief. You know, like these are the. This is the world we live in. It's very rare to be drafted somewhere and end your career there. So I still think Rodgers is kind of being a baby about this whole thing, um, but I do respect that he stepped up and was like, it wasn't about money. 
and that, you know, I did think about retiring. I did think about sitting out. Okay, but then why didn't you? I if you knew. were that upset, if you're that upset about it, if you're going to draw that line in the sand and say, oh, some things leaked. Yeah, because you told people to say them. You're going to draw that line in the sand out in Hawaii, buddy. though. And then you're going to step over it. He caved. They didn't cave. Oh, they traded for Randall Cobb. That's what you got out of this? That's all you got out of this was Randall Cobb? So, I'm still not an Aaron Rodgers fan. This is so funny because I, when you started talking about this, I was like, oh, interesting. And then Mel was like, yeah, I, I'm not the biggest fan of him, but I respect him for that. And then we got to the part where you guys, like, I was like, I knew we weren't all going to agree on this and this was going to go smoothly. I do think that there will be a turn. I do think the media will turn on them immediately. As soon as there is a slight downturn, sort of like they did with the Buccaneers last year when they were like, oh, here we go. It's not going to work. That's sort of going to be the pressure that the Packers are under um, and obviously don't have the the roster um, like that to to compare it to. But, guys, another guy that showed up that we were not really sure what was going to happen with him was Deshaun Watson. Um, You know, the situation is very strange. I know the NFL has done an investigation into the allegations against him, um, and there's still a lot to be sorted out. Um, So it's not really clear if he's really playing or not. I mean, him being there is a a sign. The other thing is, so far in the NFL investigation, the person doing it has found no reason to suspend him or have him be um, not playing this year. So... Um, I've heard a lot about the fact that, like, one of the big reasons Deshaun, you know, is showing up to these things and has not agreed to settle with some of these, these people, um, is because he doesn't want to sign a non-disclosure agreement and sort of wants to, like, be able to tell his side of the story. Um, so I feel like this isn't the end of it, but I mean, if you're... If you're the Texans and, like, you're a player in that locker room and then also that front office, like, what do you do with this like what is what do you think sort of happens in the next couple of weeks or do you think we're still just going to be in the dark for a while I think that it will it has to like come to a head and I think him showing up to training camp does that I said this on our radio show the other day Mello is that I think that him showing up is almost like hey I'm an employee still I can be here the Texans don't want him there he's playing safety on the scout team right now Tyrod Taylor took every starter rep at quarterback so it's clear they don't want him there I think it has to be a very weird distraction in that locker room to have the NFL's, what, did he lead the league in yards last year or something? Like, he, I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. And you have him standing in at safety on the scout team. It's like, come on, this is weird. So I, I don't know if they're going to suspend him, if they're going to put him on some type of exempt list. I can't imagine him being traded because, as you mentioned, Paige, there's just so much legal going on that how you can't trade a player for Deshaun Watson right now. So even if you're the – you know, you're the Philadelphia Eagles, and you want to trade some players for Deshaun Watson. You can't. You can't do that because like players aren't conditional. You add him. Right, you can't. So you could trade conditional draft picks, but who's going to do that right now? It just doesn't seem like something that anyone would be willing to do. So I think that what we most likely see is some type of, I don't know if it could be a suspension for, like, conduct detrimental to the team, even though he has not been charged with anything. He's been accused of things. Or, you know, like – Adrian Peterson got put on the commissioner's list for a year. And, you know, Zeke Elliott got put on the commissioner's list. Those NFL investigations are not fast. So yeah. that might be something that we see that like, hey, while we investigate this, let's just, you know, you're going to get paid. Why don't you just chill at home? Yeah, I would think that they have to do something before the season starts. 
you can't just, I mean, you can't have him standing out there on the sideline or you're going to have to suspend him or put him on the commissioner's list. But I know the NFL is, they're trying to investigate this thing too. But there, it seems like from the outside looking in, there's just not a lot of evidence in either direction to say definitively, like, okay, we can put him on the commissioner's exempt list because they're, they're looking for information, but they're just not finding anything. And for Deshaun Watson, if he didn't show up to camp, he was going to get fined $50,000 every day that he wasn't there. So he's almost at a point, too, where, like, he has to show up. It's it's a weird situation that, like, the NFL almost just has to get out in front of yep. sooner rather than later because it's it's a bad look to have a guy out there with all these allegations, and he is somewhat participating in practices. Yeah. Well, and to your point, like, his future is very uncertain, and I'm not saying that, like, he's not going to make money, but that 50000 is, like, important right now. Like, you – there's – Oh, yeah. A lot of uncertainty with his future and especially his immediate future. I think the big thing here, um, too, is that he, I mean, this is going to continue and, like, we'll obviously let the justice system handle all of this. But um, it, it's, it, the reason this was news, really, again, not only did he show up to camp, but there was talk about how teams were considering trading for him because the NFL yeah. had not come up with anything or found anything that they gave them reason to suspend him. So they're thinking he is going to eventually be available and willing to take that risk, which is interesting to to sort of hear that they're like, okay, this is why. And you don't want to speculate into the details of it, um, but hopefully it gets resolved and um, in a way that, um, you know, is respectful to, to both parties. I really um, do think it's a hard a thing to talk about, right? It is. Because it's like, it's you try to talk about the football side of it, but you can't really talk about the football side of it without talking about the 22 women who have accused him of something. Mm-hmm. And then you have to talk about the you know, criminal investigations that are ongoing. It's just like we need to have a lawyer come on and be like, hey, yeah. he, here's how this actually yep. works. Because I can talk about Deshaun Watson, the football player, all day long. That's what we do. It's, mm-hmm. it's when you get into things like this. And, man, it's just it is a mess that hopefully comes to a resolution and that – the, the 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 party that is right in this, whether it's Deshaun Watson or the women, like whoever is right, I hope that they get the like vindication and justice yeah. that they deserve, you know, so that and again, I'm I don't have a I don't I'm not picking a side. Whoever's yeah. right, I want to It's like them not to something you want deserve. to pick sides on. It's just like Yeah, right, exactly. It's like yeah. this just, is the worst. It's sad that a lot this of is people, a part of what know, we have like, to deal with. Right. But I think a lot of people are like, Oh, he's a football player, you're gonna take the side of the athlete. Nope. Not at yeah, all. Not. I'm gonna take if he is guilty of even one of the things he's been accused of, I'm done with him. So yeah. uh, I think that's yep. that's where we'll leave it. Okay, Paige, yeah, that's where we'll leave it. Else. Yeah, well, we will go into college football now because it's, of course, just so much more serious. A good old wholesome league. Like yeah, this wholesome league that we have. You guys, this is absolute chaos because – Okay, so from the last episode, this we have to every day there's something new. By the time this comes out tomorrow, there's going to be some new report about college football realignment. Yep. So, what we know currently, present day Thursday morning is Texas and Oklahoma has told the Big Twelve that they are leaving after the 2025 or in 2025, and then um, they have requested to join the SEC. Um, the Big Twelve has now thrown a fit and. Um, through a cease and desist letter at ESPN Uh, because they believe that ESPN was a part of manipulating Texas and Oklahoma to sort of put this in motion to create a juggernaut. 
okay, of a society. I think that's pretty much everything. I don't know. I mean, and, oh, also the uh, AAC is trying to poach Big 12 teams so they don't have Big 12 teams right. poached or their teams poached from them. So it's this big mess, and I think uh, it's been reported a lot. There's, like, a lot of distrust in college football right now. Like, you know that office meme where they're, like, all standing with, like, guns? I don't yes, know what episode yep. that is or what it's about, yep. but, like, that's literally what college football <laughs> is right now because it's just everyone going, okay, like, what do we do? No one is safe. It's the Big 12, ESPN, and the SEC. Yeah, it's yeah. just, like, like everybody just, like, right? it is – it's unreal. Um, so maybe producer Matt can make us that graphic. But, guys, first right. and foremost, I just want to say congratulations. I think Texas going to the SEC is awesome. It's the wrong word. This is the wrong word. Congratulations I, I think it's your ass kicked. Sorry. So right? who cares? Who cares? You're going to be part of the biggest. You should feel included. Uh-uh. Maybe I don't. Maybe uh-uh. I don't care because I don't care if they win or not. I just think the yep. the brand I itself would, that's a huge deal. I would rather Texas go to the AAC and win that damn thing every year <laughs> and like have a ten win season. Yep. This is where I have like through and through Texas fan. I I am mellow is is as well. This is what's confused me with Texas fans on Twitter who are so excited about this. And I'm like, y'all, we're going to get our ass kicked. Like, this is not a good football move. And Texas doesn't need the money of the SEC. So is it fun as a college football fan? It is fun there. And I'm going to take a lot of joy in the fact that Oklahoma is now going to get their ass kicked as well. Like, if there's a silver lining, it's that Oklahoma is also going to suck now. So, Well, and you get to beat up on Texas A&M again. Yes, which they need it. Texas A&M needs punched in the mouth. Absolutely. But, man, I don't see this as a great thing for Texas because um, I, I just I think they're going to be the fifth or sixth best team in the SEC. And I know a lot can change by 2025. It, it doesn't have to get better. It could get worse. We've seen that. So I don't know where you're at, Mello. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I guess that it's cool that they're a part of the big boy league, but that means big boy teams. And you're going to get your ass kicked. Uh, a little bit. I mean, at least by Alabama whenever you have to play them. But it's it's going to be rough for Texas fans. I think it's going to be rough for even Oklahoma fans. And where I'm at on it is I don't get a cut of that check. Like, I'm happy that the university is making millions of dollars more. But like you said, Texas didn't need it. Oklahoma right. didn't need that extra check that they're going to get from the SEC. So it, it's not great for me for as a fan. And I've even talked to some other OU fans, too, that – are kind of in the same boat. Like, we had a direct path to the college football playoff, and it was through the Big 12. Why are we joining the SEC? Mm -hmm. This doesn't do us any good from a football standpoint. And, you know, maybe the other athletics, that's cool. I I really – I don't care about the other athletics, though. It's (laughs) it's about football and the SEC. I'm sorry, I don't care um, about Texas baseball. Like, I mean, I do. Yeah, like, that's cool. Win the SEC. Like, my day won't change if you win or lose that thing. But as far as football goes, like – I'm already used to them going like six and six, seven and five, and now it's like gonna be worse. I mean, I think that Texas, when they do join, unless Sarkeesian really like gets things going, but I'm not gonna sit here and be that optimistic fan. It's gonna be rough. I mean, you are gonna be looking at some, you know, 500 type seasons where you're competing at best with like a down LSU, and I say yeah. LSU because I expect them to have a huge drop off. I I don't think that we're gonna get. LSU back to what like Nick Saban had them. Uh, I don't think that Coach O will take them back to an SEC championship game before he gets eventually fired there. It, it's going to be a tough go for anyone in the SEC. I mean, Georgia's up, Florida's up, Alabama's still Alabama. Now you're introducing Oklahoma. 
like you're competing to be a top five program in the SEC, and that's just it's going to be tough for a lot of these teams. So I will say this: I think that the reason I said congratulations, and I think this is a good thing for Texas, is because they are inside; they are on the inside of what's going to be a much larger move than just two teams moving to the SEC. There is so much speculation on what even happens with that other conference with a big team that's really good in Clemson and where they end up. And if there is a giant super league and then you factor in the fact that like, all right, then really what's the point of the NCAA? You've got NIL that's controlling a lot of this. I mean, this is partially why this sort of started too. the expansion of the playoff put this in motion as well. Um, There's so many factors and I, there's been conversation about like, okay, what does the Big 12 do now? And one of those conversations is folding. And if that happens, that's huge for Texas and Oklahoma because they get to go now instead of having to wait till that yep. 2025. And that's incredibly realistic. Like it is moving at like lightning speed how much business deals are getting done. And yep. um, I was talking to somebody about this and I said, college football has never been more vulnerable than it is right now because if you're somebody that is a business person, you are smart and you have money, you can control a college football team. You can control a conference or whatever. You can get in there and really make this a giant moneymaker more so than it already is. And that's going to happen. And I, it's, it's, it's exciting because it's like, wow, we're going to get such cool matchups. We're going to get all this stuff that we've wanted, expanded playoff, all these things. But it's a little scary because it's like, We've known, like, and college football has been around forever, and it's also, like, such a historic and, like, there's traditions and, like, how things are supposed to be and have always been. Um, and that's going to change. Like, a huge part of that is about to change because it's just becoming, like, the mini NFL, basically, is what I, I mean. I've heard that it is just, like, the the sky is really the limit here. It's not just going to be, oh, conference realignment, how we've envisioned it before. It's going to be well, much larger be. than that could be looking at two super conferences where, you know, yep. maybe the ACC gets poached, maybe the Pac-12 does, and it's a Big Ten-type conference in the SEC, and then they're just going to have these super conferences, and it's like, okay, whoever wins this conference will see you in the Super Bowl, which we're going to call the national championship. I'm not for that. I do mm-hmm. like the way that the we college just football got format's set playoff. up. I want to keep that. Yeah, let's, let's keep going with that direction for a bit. I don't like – I don't want to see it expanded to like 64 teams or anything like that. Like 12 is, for me, it's the right number. Let's keep it at that and let's do it. What would we call it? January Madness? <laughs> it yeah. has to be December and January to fit like all of the games and how much rest you need for football in there. Right, yeah. We'd have to come up with a the cool winter name formal. for it. <laughs> um, it's the NCAA. They would not come up with a cool name for it. Guaranteed. It, they would ruin it. That's totally fair. Paige, yeah. what is the Barstool Arizona Bowl, and why should we care about it? Because those um, are three words that I do not, not you know. <laughs> you don't like bowl games? I guess, no. That, I shouldn't say that. But, um, okay, so the Barstool Arizona Bowl. Let's just start with um, I was very confused why Dave Portnoy was on Arizona's campus um, and tweeting Bear Down. Um, but, so... Not only we knew that uh, Barstool was going to sponsor a bowl, and which was like very new for like a media website slash comedy website to uh, sponsor a bowl, um, and now they have rights to all of it. So basically, they controlled the the broadcasting rights, 
and they're basically hosting a giant party for New Year's Eve um, to host this bowl. And like I mentioned earlier, this is part of the college football is very vulnerable right now and people are going to take advantage of it. This is what Barstool is doing. Now, it is going to be really great for the city of Tucson. I'm glad they picked that. I also don't think it's a coincidence that uh, sports betting was made legal this year in Arizona. So they, um, Barstool has a big betting following and gambling following and that all of that content is going to be brought to you from Arizona. I think we... Like, this is something that, like, the ESPNs and the CBSs and Foxes could do, but not in the way that Barstool is going to do it. I mean, they they do it in a sense in terms of, like, college game day shows up to games that are, like, on ESPN and things like that. But it's a completely different animal, and I'm, like, sort of nervous that this is, like, the new thing that we see in college football where, like, someone takes over every aspect of this and it just becomes like a spectacle and less about the football, which I mean is fine if you're into that, but um, I am excited for it to be on campus and bring people to Tucson. Um, I think it will help uh, the University of Arizona, to be honest with you, because getting people out to Tucson is not the easiest thing. So I'm positive, but the reason you should care is because this is very new and a big deal in terms of like landscape of the future for bowl games and college football in general, sort of like we've been talking about all day. I think for smaller, and I, that's not a shot at Barstool for smaller companies where they can throw all that focus mm-hmm. at one game. Yeah. Like, and you know, I worked at Bleacher Report for 10 years. This is something they could do. They could, yeah. they could sponsor a bowl and say, we're going to throw all our resources and all our assets. And that's something that BR would do a really good job with. You know, when you think about events, that's something BR is great at. So yeah, they I did high surprised. school live games that were pretty cool. Right. You know, so but like, you know, could an ESPN or a Fox, like probably not because ESPN has the national championship game, right? So they're going to do like eight different telecasts of the national championship game where you can watch it from every view you've ever wanted and hear coaches break it down or analysts or, you know, the analytic side of things. But one thing I will give Barstool a lot of credit for is they're innovative. You know, like the way that they rally their fans, uh, the way that they're, you know, hey, we'll get into like backyard boxing or, you know what, now it's the stock market or now it's we're going to have our own bowl game. Like it is it is impressive how innovative they are. And I, I think a lot of media companies don't want to admit that they are very jealous of the following that Barstool has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Their creativity or just not even creativity, just to have the balls to actually do it and be like, yeah, we're going to do it this way. We don't care what the backlash is. It's exciting to see what will happen. Like, who knows? I honestly don't know. We're going to see like Big Cat and PFT in the booth. Like, I'm, I'm here for it. Like, I would watch that over some other just boring bowl. Like, there's so many of them that they just kind of get lost in the mix. Honest to God's truth, hadn't heard of the Arizona Bowl until this week. What? So I guess that's one better. Oh, I definitely. It. I thought this was created by Barstool. I didn't no. know the Arizona Bowl was a thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Nope. Well, I had no idea. It's the Mountain West. And do you mean the Fiesta Bowl? I've heard of that. No, (laughs) no. Um, I'm trying to remember what the other conferences Nebraska and Miami play in it usually, right? Yeah, gosh, you guys, but yeah, I I think it's cool. I mean, like you guys said, there's a lot about this that like other companies couldn't do. The other part of that is like ESPN has like a journalistic um responsibility, and I feel like Sometimes that's frustrating because then we get people in the booth, like Mello said, like it's a little tense and you'd much rather listen to PFT and Big Cat talk about this stuff. You know what I mean? Because they have, not only do they have the football knowledge, but they 
can make it fun and entertaining. That's the other part of this is college football is now turning into an entertainment business. It was before, it's even bigger now. So, especially with like guys NIL and all of that, it's an inter- it's the entertainment business now. So, like sort of embrace it. Like adapt or die if you will. And someone who does not want to adapt or die is David Shaw. Oh, that segue. Whoo. <laughs> I was Lord. That was Okay. Good. So, let me tell you. I really respect David Shaw. I really like him. I think he is a good man. He's a decent football coach. But he said in a press conference that Nick Saban used the seven figures as a recruiting tactic. Duh. And is that the way we want to do things? Let me just tell you, if Nick Saban is doing it, you want to be doing that that way. Okay? So... It's also a little ironic, sorry, this is going to be a rant a little bit. It's also a little ironic that a guy that makes seven figures to have, like, an average football team and make a bowl every year, like an average bowl every year, <laughs> but the is, critis- is a criticizing yeah, right. a kid for making seven figures. And he's like, I don't think it's about the kid, I think it's the Alabama brand. Like Mello said, I think he's a little peanut butter and jealous because you would you would do the same thing. You're also, your school is sitting on like this massive, like $26 billion endowment or something like that. Like it yeah. cut 11 varsity sports and had to bring them back. Cause they were like, Oh yeah, you do have enough money to keep them. So if we're going to take shots, I mean, that was just ridiculous. And we talked about it on the show about how that absolutely was a recruiting tactic. But again, that's the nature yeah. of the game. And why would Stanford's of all people be upset? Everything in college football is a recruiting tactic. Everything. Yeah, if you're a coach and you're sitting in front of a microphone, you should be recruiting. Exactly. It's that simple. If David Shaw's not doing it, that's dumb on his part. Or any other coach. If you – Go ahead. Sorry. What's the (laughs) – I mean, it's just – it's that simple. Uh, Peanut butter and jealous. And Nick Saban should just hit them with they hate us because they ain't us. I mean, it's that simple. (laughs) Right? I think it's the, there's a line from the program where it says, when was the last time 70,000 people showed up to watch somebody do a science experiment? That's what Nick Saban should say to David Shaw. And then he should shove his bow tie up his ass. That's the rest Boom. of the quote. <laughs> Mike Roasted. Any, honestly, though, like if I were – I will never be a college coach. It's just not my path in life. I would just copy everything Nick Saban does. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Same. I'd be like Sean Mc, I would be the Sean McVay of college coaches. I just copy things. Like Lincoln Riley's offense. <laughs> Kirby Smart's defense, That's Nick Saban's recruiting. I yeah. mean, Lane no Kitten's one's tweeting. No, no, I have some self-respect. No, right. I don't I'm see gonna, his tweets. I love his I follow tweets. I'm probably blocked. Tweets. <laughs> no, um, it just was a weird hill to die on. Like you said, if you're sitting in front of a microphone, that's a recruiting tactic. If I'm a guy that's you know thinking of going to Stanford, and I'm like, oh. He doesn't want me to make money. I'll just go to Harvard instead or something. Like, who cares? Or Cal. Yeah, exactly. Or Cal. Um, People from Cal are going to be very, very happy that you said that, that you compared the two in terms Mm -hmm. of academics. That's very nice of you. (laughs) Um, But it just was such a strange. And also, like, out of any other school, like, people don't go to Stanford necessarily for football. Like, if you play football and you're good at football and you're incredibly smart, you get to go to Stanford for football. You have to be so smart. There's no cutting corners to get into Stanford, um, even if you are an athlete. So it just was a strange hill to die on, and I was very, very confused as to why he would take it up specifically with Nick Saban and, like, come for him. I just feel like it was a strange way to go about all of this. 
I wonder if he is even on Nick Saban's radar. Like I know, someone, like, he, I think someone asked some Nick Saban about be. it, but I mean, that's what I I'm may saying. or may not have sent a message to make sure that it was <laughs> told in that in that household at some point. Um, because I was very upset about it. It just really annoyed me that he did it, especially because I really like him. I really do. It just seemed like a weird thing to to go about doing it that way. Um, Paige is out here creating bulletin board material for Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been completely brainwashed real tight. Um, so guys, the number two or number one overall recruit in 2022, Quinn Ewers, is leaning towards going to Ohio State early and skipping his senior year because he can capitalize on his name, image, and likeness a year early. Um, you think that um, Bryce Young not playing a game, he was actually at least at Alabama and making that money. Yep. Like, this kid... He's in the spring game. <laughs> yeah, this this kid, literally, they said, has already been approached and could make a million dollars in a year. If he goes early, that's why he's leaning towards it. I mean, I would lean towards it too, but like, do you guys think that we see sort of this new, like, I mean, sooner or later, they're just going to end up going after middle school. But, um, I think we start to see people leave for their senior year. Don't risk injury. You make the money on name image likeness for a year. You get to be on campus early, all of the above. But I feel like it's really crazy that it already is happening. I think it's bad for the sport. If we have guys sitting out their senior year of high school football and then trying to go play college football, I think that's – I don't think that's ideal. But I also think the state of Texas needs to look at this because they're one of only three states that are not allowing high school players to make money off name, image, likeness. state of Texas needs to look at this and say, okay, what are we – Texas cares about their high school athletics, right? They need to – okay, what are we doing? If we're losing the number one player in the country, he's going to sit out his senior year because of this, guess what? That's That trend will only expand, and it's going to expand to all sports. So I think that that's something where more so that state legislature needs pressure to say, why can't a 16- or 17-year-old make money on name, image, likeness? Why not? Mm-hmm. Like That's asinine to me that a, a kid can't make money in high school. I understood at college where you have a scholarship. You The argument was that you are being rewarded or compensated. There's none of that in high school. At all. Your parents are paying taxes for your ass to go to that school, right? So how can you argue and say that he can't make money off, you know, a marketing deal or or whatever it might be? makes no sense to me. So I, I see this job at Dairy Queen on the weekend. Right, exactly. Exactly. A million dollars for Mercedes. So that's Instead, what I see. is like he could stand outside Dairy Queen and say, I honestly take wondered picture. if this was him being the, the face of that message of saying, mm-hmm. I live in Texas. I can't make money off this. But when I get to Ohio, I can. So I'll just go there early. And Mm -hmm. and hopefully what happens is that the state of Texas wakes up on this and a lot of other things and says, okay, this isn't isn't right, and we're going to jeopardize high school athletics in this state. I think I saw that they're trying to pass legislation that would block Texas from joining the SEC. Or not even just Texas. (laughs) Schools in the state wouldn't be able to change conferences without, like, getting it okayed through the state. Which is but so you're crazy. not gonna let you know a 16, 17 year old kid make money off of his name. It, it's stupid, and I think that high schools or you know states should have looked at it and said, "Oh, okay, college kids can make money off their name. Can't high schoolers too?" And for Texas, the biggest state in high school football recruiting, they should have been up in front of this thing. Yeah. To where I mean, you might lose one of the best players you've ever had in that state. Again, a very good state for football. You might lose him early, and he doesn't get to play in his senior year because he wants to go make money. I mean, it really is. It's stupid. We shouldn't be stopping 
people from making money. It just it doesn't make sense. I don't care where you land at on that politically. We shouldn't be stopping people from making money. It shouldn't money. even be political. We're all, <laughs> right? right? We're all capitalists yeah. here. Let's just make money. Yeah. Yeah. It it is interesting and like to your point, like there it's going to cost people some money. I mean, not to say that there's not like another great Texas player that's going to play for that team, but like that kid probably puts some butts in seats and like makes them money. Oh, yeah. So the people that are going to be upset about this are the people that are losing money off that, but probably have the the power and control to sort of help this system along so that that doesn't happen. So you guys are totally right. I, I think that's um, it is tough for the sport. I think it's a little strange to see kids leave early because again, like even going into college and knowing like the exposure. I don't know. Maybe it's just me being like I don't have kids, but I feel like you're like super protective of them and like. They're going to be thrown into this spotlight regardless, but it's still kind of a, a crazy concept to have kids going earlier and earlier to school. Um, guys, I think that brings us to our break. So we're going to take a break and then come back with another preview for the AFC West. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right, guys, we are back and going to do an AFC West preview, which, by the way, is not a HIPAA violation um, to preview these conferences or conferences, geez, divisions before we get started. Um, But, Mello, you're going to tee us off with the Broncos. Yeah, this is my uh, division to talk about. I'm the fan of the Kansas City Chiefs, so I'll start it off. uh, I I think they will. (laughs) We'll get there, Paige. Uh, but let's start with the Denver Broncos. They're over under set at eight and a half games. I'm going to take the under on that one. I, I like this roster. I still think they might be a quarterback away. And I mean, I think they'll flirt with the eight games, but I just, I don't see them winning nine. I know that we get an extra week this year, but I, I don't see them winning nine games this year with what they have going on. Maybe, and you know, I, I'm rooting for Drew Locke. Maybe he'll have that breakout year that I was hoping he would last year. Maybe you get some of these receivers healthy the offensive line plays as well as they did last year they've got some good running backs but we'll see this this is a tough division with the Chargers and the Chiefs both set up to be very good and even if the Raiders are like the worst team in this division they're still a pretty good team like they could flirt with the playoffs as well so you just you have to lose some games here and I think the Broncos will lose some of those so I'm going to take the under on eight and a half wins and my fantasy guy I'm going to go with rookie running back Javante Williams uh, out of North Carolina. I really liked him throughout this whole process. And the offensive line did play very well for the Broncos last year. I think they can keep that up. Uh, and he's going to be a very exciting player. I don't even know if you'll have to draft him, depending on how deep your leagues are, if you're in a dynasty league. But I think he's definitely somebody to keep an eye on that you might want to stash on your roster because I do think that he could emerge as running back one, somewhat like we saw with Jonathan Taylor last year, where he comes in and he splits carries. But then by the end of the season, he is the dude and he's taking most of the carries. And as far as my breakout candidate, a name that's going to be popular from all three of us, is Noah Fant. I I really think that he's coming into his own. I think having a healthy Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy out there is going to open up the field for him some more. Drew Locke or maybe even Teddy Bridgewater will be able to find the big tight end. But I'm expecting a big year for Noah Fant where we're talking about him as a top 10 type tight end going into next season. Love it. 
All right, Matt, you're up. I didn't. Oh, I didn't know who was going next, so I'll jump right in here. All right, the over under eight and a half. I took the under as well. I think this division is too good, and you know the Broncos. I love that they're getting Von Miller back. I think they're better than we maybe realize. Like they, we maybe we don't respect them enough. But I'm still a little bit skeptical about this offense. You mentioned it, Mello. Mike Munchak was a huge addition for this offensive line. Garrett Bowles had a great year last year. I'm a big Dalton Reisner fan. Melvin Gordon almost rushed for 1,000 yards on this team last year. So I do think we could see he and Javante Williams have a big year. Uh, but my, my fantasy guy is Noah Fant. And some of that goes to if it's you know Teddy in there at quarterback, he's going to work the middle of the field. He's going to work those intermediate routes. If it's Drew Locke, I think we still see Noah Fant just become his favorite target, his most reliable target. Um, we'll see what the return of Cortland Sutton does to this offense. If, if you know guys like Fant and Judy are getting their looks or if Sutton's still the top target there. But – uh, I didn't want to just copy your guys' answers either. So, uh, Noah Fant would be my fantasy target from this team. Uh, and then my breakout candidate, I do think it is Jerry Judy. The, the acclimation period last year wasn't great. There were some drops that were an issue. I think him settling down, getting an off-season of work, uh, having time to work on his, you know, you go through the draft process. If you play in a national championship game, boom, you're at the combine, pro days, the whole thing. This year, you, you actually get a chance to work on your body, to be an NFL player, not to be an athlete who's testing for the NFL draft. So I think that's why we see so many big jumps for year two and for wide receivers. And I think we'll get that from Jerry Judy this year. So I am cautiously optimistic. It's hard for me to pick a tight end and a wide receiver as breakout players for this team because of just the uncertainty at quarterback. But if they can get some continuity at quarterback, I do think both of these players are primed to have really big years. And um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked shocked if the Broncos you know made some noise in this division. Obviously, they set the over under eight and a half. That's that's a lot for a team that really struggled last year. Yeah, I debated a lot with this because I mean last year they were plagued by a lot of injury, and I saw a stat though that said they've gone zero and seven in the last two seasons in September. So. I mean, it's just going to be, can this team figure it out earlier than, rather than later? Um, and, I mean, that all starts with the, the quarterback position, which should be interesting. I don't really, like, I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if it was either one of them. Like, I don't have a definitive, oh, it's going to be Drew Locke and he's the guy. Um, but I also debated a lot. The Broncos were a tough one for me. Um, I debated a lot about doing the reverse, which is literally exactly what Matt chose so for fantasy guy I picked Jerry Judy because I do think we see a better year from him he didn't necessarily have the greatest of years um so I I would go with with Jerry Judy there and then on breakout candidate I put Noah Fant because I mean like you guys have mentioned everything that I was going to about it but he's like he's a guy that we also all enjoyed watching in college like I mean I loved watching him play and I think um it it is going to depend on who is at quarterback to see how they they go through things, but I, I'm going to pick Noah Fant for, for breakout candidate. Yeah, let's move on to those Las Vegas the Raiders. They're over under set at seven wins, and as I said, somebody Ooh. has to lose games in this division, and I think it's going to be the Raiders. This is a very young team. Uh, retooled offensive line. I think they lost three starters off of there. I don't, I don't love a lot of the moves that they made there. Uh, young receivers, a young running back who I really like, but I think he is still a little bit unproven. Derek Carr, I, I mean, I know a lot of Raider fans that don't even like Derek Carr, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the under. I, I think they're going to struggle, but my, my fantasy guy, and Matt, you know this because we play in the same fantasy league together, is Darren Waller, and I am targeting Darren Waller very early. 
in, like tight end one early. And I say that as a Chiefs fan who has Travis Kelsey and with two 49er fans who love George Kittle, I think Darren Waller is in for a huge season. And I, I think that even if you're sitting there in fantasy and you're looking at, okay, I could grab this receiver or Darren Waller, I'm taking Darren Waller over a lot of the receivers that are going to be in fantasy drafts this year. Uh, I just I really expect a big year from him, and part of that is also because I'm expecting a big breakout season from Henry Ruggs. I think that it's going to be hard for him to not improve off of a, a rough rookie season to where we finally start to see what that speed can do on the field and that we're talking about him as, okay, this is your number one receiver, not your number one target, mm-hmm. but your number one receiver on that team. Yeah, I like it. Um, it's this, The thing about this is hard. You don't want to take each other's answers, right? Uh, I'm going to take the over, though, on seven wins. Let's start there. I was shocked when I opened this up and saw that the, the odds here have the Raiders pick to lose this division. That really surprised me. Um, so I'll take the over. It might be eight wins, but I'm taking that damn over. Uh, now, fantasy guy, you mentioned Amelo, Josh Jacobs, who some uh, I know a lot of people loved last year, thought he was going to be a breakout player. Didn't quite happen. I do think, yes, with that retooled offensive line, he's going to be asked to do a lot more this year. And we saw it at Alabama. We saw it in flashes at times throughout you know the early part of his career. If he can stay healthy, then he's a 1,200-yard back, and he's probably going to have double-digit touchdowns. So not, not a player I would want to be my running back one, I don't think, but I'd really, really like him to be running back two on my team. Now, breakout candidate, I'm not going to go offense here because I feel like we all get stuck doing that. How about Trayvon Mullen, who was one of my favorite corners when he came out of Clemson, uh, the 2019 draft. I think that we've seen him, Clemson, we've seen him get to that point where the, he's comfortable now and he's confident. And the way that he played last year, I think the, the stock is just shooting up for him. So, yeah, there, we always talk about offensive breakout guys because it's easy to point to stats or fantasy impact. But this team desperately needs a number one corner. And they need somebody in that secondary to step up and be the dude. It might be Trevon Moerg, who I love as well, but uh, Trayvon Mullen is, is my dude for them. Yeah, I took the under. I, again, debated a lot on this just because, like, there's a lot of uncertainty there. I think David Carr actually might – or David Carr, geez. Derek Carr throwback. might put – Throwback. Throwback, right? <laughs> Derek Carr might actually play with, like, a chip on his shoulder and have some protection this year. I think the big thing last year was that he was sacked a lot. Um, and the other part of this, too, is that they were in a lot of really good games. So it's really up to their defense, like, at this point. Like, they were in the games they scored and just couldn't stop the other team from scoring, like, late in games a lot. Um, so I, I'm hoping that um, they do just because I, I actually don't want the Raiders to be that bad. It's fun to make fun of them, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's just like the Bay Area and me, even though they left. Um, I'm sentimental about those fans. I feel for them because now I know what it's sort of like with the A's, I guess. Um, but I took the under. I also took uh, Darren Waller as my fantasy guy. I would not pick him as tight end one, but in terms of the, the Raiders and fantasy, I would I would take him. Um, and then my breakout candidate is Alex Leatherwood. And I say this because I just hope he has a breakout year because, one, I know people were super critical of the pick and that they moved up to get him or they reached a little bit to get him. And, um, it, like I said, the offensive line is going to be a huge part of this. Like, it's – they that, that was a concern they addressed, and let's just see how it pans out. So um, I'm hoping for him that he does have a breakout year. Man, if I'm – just to say this, Derek – Roll left, buddy, because that right side of your line is rough. It's going to be rough. It's going to be roll left. You're running into Colton Miller. So right. we'll, we'll see what happens over right. there. One, two, I three, throw. Richie Incognito. Right. Yeah, that dude's like 
57 years old. Right. All right, the most exciting team in this division is definitely the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't care who you are. They're over-under is set at 12 and a half wins. And I'm actually, I'm a little surprised that it was at 12 and a half. With the extra week this year, playing 17 games, I'm smashing that over. I, I think that this is a team that can flirt with 15 wins. And, you know, one thing that I love about this team, specifically their quarterback, is he's going to find things that piss him off and that motivate him each and every year. And it's always something. And this year, it's, I mean, it's that redemption of a terrible Super Bowl performance by this team. So I, I think that there's a newfound motivation. You know, last year, at times, they were very complacent. I don't think that you're going to see that out of the Kansas City Chiefs this year. So I'm smashing that over on 12 and a half wins. And for fantasy guy, I'm sticking with this tight end position. I am going Travis Kelsey. I, I think today? that he could repeat. Yeah, it, it's I'm a tight end guy at heart. But a tight end. Love the tight end. Travis Kelsey. Same. Yep. They, they're the new fullbacks. Like, fullbacks really don't even exist anymore. Like, they're an endangered species. Like, there are, like, three of them in the league. So I've turned my attention to tight ends. <laughs> Travis Kelsey is another one who I think he is the number one target on this team. I don't care if you list him at tight end. Or receiver, you would be dumb not to take him over almost every receiver in the league. There are yeah. probably five or six receivers I would take in front of Travis Kelsey in fantasy football. So I, I think people should target him oh. and Darren Waller. That's tight end one and tight end two in that fantasy was a dig. football. That was, and a dig. that was straight up dig. But also, isn't it Travis Kelsey? Okay. Yeah, There's we're not like, doing like that. So much. <laughs> you guys weren't yeah, here for the episode when we talked about that. But. We're not doing it. Yeah. I just but uh, breakout candidate. Legarius Sneed. And you uh, had stole a great my guy rookie here, season. So I'm mad at you. Great rookie season. I think, and I say breakout because a lot of people are probably thinking, well, he was, he already kind of had his breakout season. I don't think he has yet. I, I think he can establish himself as a top 10 corner, and he needs to break out because this defense has definitely struggled at times, and they need somebody to step up and be that number one corner. And I hope and think it will be Legarius Sneed. I like those answers, uh, obviously, because LeJarius Sneed is like one of my favorite players in the NFL. Uh, I'm also going to take the over. That's just a safe bet. You give the Chiefs one more week, they're going to win one more game. They're probably going to go 14-3 uh, and three, uh, would be my prediction for them. Fantasy guy, I'm going to say Tyreek Hill because I do think that there will be more of a commitment to uh, letting plays develop this year. Obviously, the, the protection is going to be better, so I think Mahomes is going to have more time to get to Tyreek Hill. Something that I do think was missing last year was some of the injuries to the offensive line was they had to they had to hit those quick hitters, and that's why we saw Travis have such a huge year. Not that he won this year as well, but I think the deep passing game will be back for Kansas City because you now have time to let those plays develop. So Tyreek Hill, I wouldn't be surprised if he leads the team in touchdowns. I think Kelsey will lead in catches. I think Hill will lead in touchdowns. My breakout candidate, again, I'm not going with a skill player, Creed Humphrey is the starting center for the Kansas City Chiefs. There's no debate about this. There's no camp battle. Creed Humphrey, second-round pick, is the starting center. He is tailor-made for this offensive scheme as well. And all reports out of camp have been fantastic. I think they love him there. And you know, we've seen before with Mitch Morse, the Chiefs just know how to develop centers. And I think Rodney Hudson, another one. So Creed Humphrey is just the next in that line. Dude will probably be up. Pro Bowler in his second year and probably an All Pro in his third. It's just a special, special fit. And I know that's what a, a scheme fit for a center is not the sexiest topic, but it's a very, very good one. I mean, the, what's that T-shirt that they have? The like big guys are sexy. The like football brand. I don't know. 
But hey, give them some respect. They Send deserve. me the link. Because right. Mello called them, <laughs> Mello called them uh, the big uglies before. So I'm glad that someone else is <laughs> supporting them. Um, I took the over as well. I mean, that just seems pretty easy. Uh, fantasy guy, I picked uh, Patrick Levon Mahomes the second um, for obvious reasons. Also, I'm like a terrible fantasy person. I usually pick with my heart, and I love Pat uh, Patrick. No way. <laughs> no way. Um, but that's why I don't play fantasy. Never heard that uh, before you. Before that, <laughs> that's weird. But. But I, he is a good football player. I do know football well enough to know that he is a good football player, and he's throwing to the number two tight end um, in the league. So I just think that, like, it. Darren Waller is a Raider. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Melo. Um, but anywho, um, with regards to uh, Patrick, I think the breakout candidate needs to be the defense because Pat's gonna Patrick is going to get you there. Um, and score a lot of points. That's just what he does, whether he has... I saw a lot of people being like, is this the year he has a down year? I'm like, why do people do this? Um, it's it, No, exactly. The answer is no. Um, so I think it needs to be their defense. Yeah, I would I would agree. I, I hope that that is the case. And last team in the this division is the Los Angeles Chargers. I had to think about where they play. I, I was called get, them Vegas. Then I was I like, say, no, no, it's San Diego. I uh. say San Diego Chargers more than not. And sometimes, like, when I look at the L.A. logos, I get the Chargers and the Rams mixed up because I'm like, L.A., wait, 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 wait. Who's there now? Very uh-huh. confusing. It's same, too much. Same. Uh, over under is set at eight and a half for the Chargers. I'm... I'm going to take the over in this one. I do think that they take a step forward. I think that Justin Herbert will have a very good, solid year two. And this defense is still pretty nasty. You've got some great pass rushers. I know they lost Ingram, but if Bosa is healthy, and that's a big if, he's one of the best pass rushers in the league. And that will help get after the offensive line of the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Broncos. But I do think this is a team that is poised to finally maybe take that step forward and at least over the next couple of years, establish themselves as the number two team in the AFC West. And I think one of those guys that's going to help is Austin Eckler. Uh, he, for some reason, he just continues to be underrated yep. year after year, at least in the fantasy world, where he he's catching so many passes out of the backfield that I really think he should be targeted as a round one running back, especially if you're in like a 12-team league like uh, the ones I usually play in. But I, I think Austin Eckler is going to have another great year. I, I think another year with Justin Herbert, he could be catching 80, 90 passes out of the backfield uh, with a lot of yards and some rushing attack too. I mean, teams aren't going to be able to load up the box and say, okay, you have a rookie quarterback that's unproven. That's going to open up things for Austin Eckler. And my breakout guy going to the defensive side of the ball, uh, again, solid rookie who I really loved. Kenneth Murray, uh, the linebacker, so athletic, could be a really good uh, just leader for this defense. So I'm doing it at Oklahoma. I think he's stepping into that role with the Chargers. But he's my breakout guy who, uh, again, is, is going to be a top linebacker in the league very soon. Yeah, loved him and his, his range and ability. Uh, I'm going to take the over as well. I think just with Justin Herbert, uh, you have to believe that they're going to get over 8.5. Mello, you touched on it. It's always if they can stay healthy with the Chargers, if Joey Bosa can stay healthy, if Derwin James can stay healthy, if you know Mike Williams can stay healthy at wide receiver, then this is a really good roster. And especially with Rashawn Slater coming in at tackle, with uh, Asante Samuel Jr. coming in in the secondary at corner, like this team should be a lot better than they were last year when they were already a dangerous team. So you just have to think like, okay, well, you're getting back all these impact players. Surely they're going to be better. But Whatever they're doing on the medical side for the Chargers needs to be evaluated because it seems at least like they have more 
injuries to key players than any other team in the NFL. So my fantasy guy. I think that's guy, a HIPAA violation. I, it is a HIPAA violation, right? <laughs> uh, my fantasy guy is one Justin Herbert. Mello, you mentioned it. We play in a fantasy league together. It's very competitive. And quarterbacks just rake there. Like, the top nine scorers in our league last year were quarterbacks. I have the ninth pick in the draft this year because I finished third in our, our rankings. Or fourth, I guess that would be. And I no, I normally fourth is not good. Normally, For I would. You. Who who would won just, that league? I don't have my notes in front of me, Mello. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, but he okay. knows where he ended up. Right, right. I know where I ended up. <laughs> I, I want to say it was this younger gentleman who hosts a radio show and podcast, uh-huh. writes a little bit, used to be a teacher. Can't think of his name though. Anyway, he uh, sounds like a great time, right? Also single, ladies, uh, sliding those DMs. So <laughs> my fantasy guy is Justin Herbert. I think in our league especially, he's going to score a ton of points. But I also think, like, I, I know everybody's like, you got to get your running backs. You got to get your running backs. Like, that position just feels so watered down to me. that. And I did this last year, and until some injuries happened, had a very, very good year, was I went running back round one, quarterback round two, because in our league, like, I'm just trying to get points. Like, I'm just trying to hit X amount of points a week so that I can win. And I'll probably have the same strategy again this year. So just a word out there to everybody who picks after and before me, that's my strategy. So, uh, But I do love Justin Herbert this year. Uh, my breakout candidate is Nasir Adderley, someone who I really, really liked coming out in the 2020, uh, excuse me, 2019 NFL draft. Uh, smaller school guy coming out of Delaware, but had a fantastic draft pros- process. Very good instincts and awareness. I just think we haven't seen him take that big step statistically, but – he reminds me so much of you know some of those guys we saw in Tampa. You know, I know Antoine Winfield Jr. is younger than him, but he reminds me of that type of player. And I think with this new scheme here, with Brandon Staley as the head coach, we're going to see a lot more man coverage. They're going to be a lot more aggressive. I think Nasir Adderley is someone who will really benefit from that. I took the over as well, guys. Um, I have apologized to Justin Herbert on this podcast already because I thought he was going to be bad, and he's not. Same. Um, so I – apologize and apologize um if you're a friends fan you get that reference um so fantasy guy i went keenan allen and because we're doing this i have been brushing up on some fantasy facts and found out that keenan allen was actually like very very low in terms of rankings for for wide receivers and then ended up being number 13 overall in the end of the season so i think if you're going to make that selection that's where you should go um, and then for breakout candidate, Rashawn Slater. I think there was a lot of talk yeah. on whether or not he should have been the first tackle taken off the board, that there wasn't much, you know, between him and the other guy, we'll say. Um, but I I do think, it like, there's an opportunity, huge opportunity from, for him here. And also, to go back to my fantasy guy, if Justin Herbert's balling out because he's protected well and, and doing great, then taking the next step forward, he's going to get his touches. So. We almost made it the whole show without me thinking fantasy guy in a different term. Almost. But then last guy, you're like, oh, one hour Justin and Herbert, four he's minutes. My fantasy guy. We made it that long. Hey, I, I have my um, fantasy strategy. It's already written on my. I didn't know matter what. I no matter what. I started mine. Mine's on a uh, pick twelve, pick thirteen. <laughs> mine's on a note, a note in my phone. So. I make yeah. rules for my for our fan like we have rules like to have a good time at the fantasy draft. But then I have my own draft rules to stick to, like my strategy. Really? So, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
my strategy is who do I like the most? Because if I do it <laughs> other ways, I will overthink it and get really stressed out over it. That's why, honestly, why I don't do it is because I'd be so stressed over my fantasy team. I used to do fantasy baseball a lot. And that yeah. is, like, and also it's it was a league that you, like, had to change your roster up every day. Yep. Buddy, I was very stressed out by that. So um, <laughs> fantasy yeah. for me is just not, not the deal. Football is the perfect sport for fantasy because it is. It's just like, okay, Once a week. teams are playing on Sunday, updated on Sunday. I mean, you can wake up just a little bit earlier on a Sunday morning and do it. And I recommend doing it Thursday afternoon as well, just in case. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just don't let Mellow trick you into losing your league. <laughs> yeah, right. So. Make sure to check in. The problem is that I stay up and watch literally every college football game, so getting up early on a, a Sunday is really not my thing. I roll out of bed when games start. Must be nice. Yeah, to that's Coast. like 10 a.m. for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like yeah. to get up, make a pot of chili. Oh, God, I can't wait. You've been talking about chili. Is that so like a million degrees in Missouri? It's like 110. Right? I know Monday is supposed to be like 80 and rain, and I've already been telling people, like, I'm making chili. I don't, I'm probably wearing my jeans, my boots, might break oh out flannel. Matt's the basic white girl that's like lighting. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, fall candles right now. Fall like candles right now in the summer. White football player. That's yeah. me. I'm a Where basic he's white boy. Chili. Right, backward hat. I definitely have like the the white guy tattoos, and I like chili. Sorry, I like Coors Light and chili. Fight me. This this is super random, but have you guys heard of hat fishing? Hat fishing, no. Like catfishing, but like with hats that guys can catfish because when they wear a oh, hat, they look one way yeah. and not the other. Oh, yeah. I learned no, that, that term sense, yesterday, though. and I had no idea, but. I look a lot younger in a hat. I know that. <laughs> yeah. I look pretty good in a cowboy hat. That's, That's true. You'll see it can this you bring weekend it back? on the IGs. You yeah. need to post a selfie this weekend of you with a cowboy hat on. We posted a ton of photos in Montana. I, I know, but I'm, like. I'm trying his... to up the Instagram content. Yo, let me know if you need some tips. I'm always there to help. Instagram.com slash Mellow Esquire. Yeah, you can send me, like, a picture, and I'll be like, yes, post that. Here's what your caption should be. I mean, I'll be standing beside him. You should just, I got you. <laughs> I got you. Right. I'm, you know what? Humble brag. I'm actually a pretty good phone photographer. So that, yeah. That's a good quality to have. I'll, I'll give you credit for that one. You are. Thank you. Because Thank you. everyone has that in a group of girlfriends they usually have the that's one me. friend that's like really good at taking pictures yeah. and then the pictures of them turn out not so great that's i exactly love my me. friends i love my we friends there's some that will really try but it is really i'm that friend we went out with the group saturday and it was like mostly women and they wanted a photo and so i took it and, and they were like okay wait will you actually take photos of all the couples here as well it's like shit i should be charging for this man mm-hmm. i'm self-employed my world. five bucks a pop or that venmo so, anyway, that's our show. We'll be back next week breaking down an NFL division. Don't forget, you can send your questions in. Just hashtag on paging two guys. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.